Hey there, I'm Emlyn Miles Mattingly, your host for the Minority Money Podcast. I'm glad you're here. You know why? Because this is the place you can come to get your weekly finance, family, and fitness motivation, not only to experience success in those areas for yourself, but also to help others in our community achieve greatness too. Super happy that you're on the show with me. So let's jump right in. Minority Money is going to be celebrating Black History Month for the month of February. Black History Month is going to run from February 1st until March 1st. A lot of you may not have known that Black History Month actually started as Black History Week. In 1926, Carter G. Woodson and the Association of Studies of Negro Life and History started this celebration called Negro History Week. It coincided with the birthdays of Abraham Lincoln, which is February 12th, and Frederick Douglass, which was February 14th, both dates which were very important dates to the Black community. Fast forward to 1970. 1970 was the first time that Black History Month was actually proposed by a group of Black educators at Kent State. They proposed that we have a Black History Month, and then, wouldn't you know, five years later, President Gerald Ford took this opportunity to make this a national celebration. So the United States recognized Black History Month, and this was the quote from our president at the time. He said, He urged Americans to seize the opportunity to honor the too often neglected accomplishments of Black Americans in every endeavor throughout our history. I thought to myself that this was an acknowledgement of how much Black history was interwoven in American history, almost unseparated. You cannot separate Black history from American history. With that being said, we had a few other countries jump onto this as well. The United Kingdom started celebrating Black History Month in 1987. We had Canada start celebrating Black History Month in 1995. And then the Republic of Ireland started celebrating Black History in 2010. I hope you guys enjoy this celebration of Black History by Minority Money. We got some very, very fun episodes planned for you, and we are going to do our version of how we are going to celebrate Black excellence during the month of February. Hope you enjoy these interviews. Welcome back to the Minority Money Podcast. I am your host, Emlyn Miles Mattingly, where we are changing the complexion of wealth. We're right in the middle of February right now, celebrating Black History Month, and it should be Black History Year. But today we're joined by another fantastic Black professional. Today I'm joined by the People's CEPA, also known as Shania Wilson. Shania, welcome back to the show. Hey guys, I'm super excited to be here. Thank you for giving me this beautiful time to introduce myself. Hello everyone, I am the People CPA, Shanae Wilson. I am a certified public accountant based out of New York. I'm from the Bronx. So for those of you who are from the Bronx, put your X's up. <laughs> <laughs> I am founder of Fola Financial, a financial services firm that provides bookkeeping, tax services, and tax planning services to creatives, entrepreneurs, small businesses, travel nurses, and other motivated individuals who are on the path to build wealth. So I'm super excited to be here with my guy, Emlyn, today. Nice. And you guys may recognize the name because we did have another episode where we had Shania on. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to that, we have another episode called, what is it called? I think it was something from Biggie Smalls. It was a no need to worry, my car handles that. That's it. So if you haven't tapped <laughs> in and listened to that episode, please do yourself a favor and go ahead and listen to that one. But today we're going to drop some more knowledge on you as we are, like I said, celebrating Black History Month. We wanted to 
highlight some black professionals that were doing an outstanding job. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about successful black business and some of the things that you need to do, uh, things that you can look out for and what you should do first when you're getting ready to start that business up. The reason why we're doing this is because like, this is a question, right? How many times do you get hit with this question, Shanann? All the time. Like, all right, I have this business idea. Well, what do I do next? Who should I be contacting? And there are certain steps that everyone should know that I will call the essential steps. But then obviously, everyone's journey to entrepreneurship is different. Some of us, you know, start with just a job that we may still have. Some of us bootstrap and start from nothing. But your journey makes you unique. So your strategies will make you unique as well. And again, this is not a one size fit all. But there are a couple of key pointers that I think everyone should know. Absolutely. So, okay, we got into that place where what's the first thing first? Let's talk about that. We'll say this, the disclaimer, this is just an example. You would need to contact a CPA or a financial professional to make sure that this situation applied, to make sure your numbers are going to apply the same way. We just want to get that out of the way. Now that that's Mm -hmm. out of the way. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Shanann? Go ahead and talk about what you think people should be, you know, some things that you think business owners or potential business owners should be looking out for. Of course. So number one, as you are starting out, one of the most important things is for you to get information. So like the Beyonce song, get information, right? Because you don't want to be operating and building a business and you don't actually have an entity to go ahead and build that business under, right? So most people prefer to defer and operate as a DBA. Well, operating as a DBA actually sets you back in so many different directions. Number one, DBAs can't go ahead and start building business credit because essentially as a DBA, your business will be dependent upon your credit. Also, if you don't have an LLC or corporation and you are a DBA, you are establishing no protection between you and your business operations. So what does that mean? Well, somebody decides to sue you, they can now come after your personal assets because you have no LLC or corporation to protect you. So for those top two reasons, and of course the ability to go ahead and deduct as much expenses as we can against our income, you wanna go ahead and get information. That's for sure tip number one. Tip number two is choosing an accounting solution. I ask people to start paying attention to their numbers right from the beginning, right? So whether you are going to use a handy dandy Excel sheet or use a software like QuickBooks or Xero, Wave Accounting, et cetera, you want to make sure you are on top of your numbers from the beginning. Being able to analyze your numbers is just as essential as software developers use data to analyze how they build algorithms. You can't build your business if you are unsure about what your data is telling you, right? How profitable you are, how you should go ahead and market your product or services, how profitable those product or services are. So your data is important in accounting and bookkeeping. That is how you get your financial data for your company. And of course, it's staying organized. That's tip number three. So on top of being information and having an accounting solution, make sure you're keeping track of your documents, which could include your articles of incorporation, your EIN number, your operating agreement, bylaws, any tax returns, contracts, payable receipts, payroll records, W-4s, W-9s. That goes hand in hand with your bookkeeping, so stay organized for sure. Then lastly, which is everyone's least favorite, 
make sure you are staying in compliance and paying your taxes, right? So what we saw last year, as the SBA and federal government did release a bunch of funding for small businesses, many of them were not qualifying for some of this quote unquote free money. And it's because they did not file their business taxes or if they did file, they were over excessively reporting a business loss, right? And it could sound fun. Let me report a loss and like not pay taxes. Well, guess what? By you reporting a loss year to year, after three years, your business is considered a hobby under the IRC regulations. And number two, by you filing a loss, you are hindering yourself from being eligible to get any type of funding. Because think about it. Would I lend to me if I had $0 or negative $20,000 in my account for my business? No, I don't seem like I will be solvent. So you want to go ahead and make sure you are staying in compliance. You want to make sure your entity is filed, stay organized, do your bookkeeping, and for sure, have your records on deck to match that. And so the thing, like I'm going through there, so you said information. I'm going to go back through the points. And the reason why I'm bringing up information first, because you know, everybody says knowledge is power, right? That's the thing. Knowledge is power. However, I'm going to do one better than just saying knowledge is power. Applied knowledge is power. It's one thing to know and go find information. And like, you know, people are going to go out there, do some research, start finding information about what they should do to open up their business, whether they need to have an LLC or whether they need to be an S Corp or what have you, right? And as people are doing those things, what we want to do is make sure that we actually apply the knowledge that we have. Now, if you've already identified that, yes, I need to be an LLC, now go form the LLC. Next, make sure you understand your numbers, right? Go get QuickBooks. Well, I don't want to spend the money. Then you don't want to be in business. That's it, right? (laughs) And the reason why I'm going through this back over it again, you said, and then stay organized and then stay compliant. But the reason why I want to get into the numbers, because for those of you that don't know, Shanae is my CPA. So she takes care of me and we have our meetings and we go through stuff. But like going over the numbers for us as business owners is something that like you can't tell, you can't project what you're going to do. You don't know how, you don't know if you're being profitable in different areas. I look at it as, as time and money. Like not only do I look at how my money is coming in and going out, but I look at the time that it takes me to make the money. And so when we get into all those numbers, then you can adjust your pricing accordingly because now I know how much time it takes me to do this. And if time is important to you, which it mostly is to business owners, right? We only have so many, there's only 24 hours in a day. What are we going to do with them? So we want to make sure that we are organized, which is your next point, so that you can make sure that you stay on top of your time. And then lastly, stay compliant, following those taxes. I don't know how many people missed out on money, and I'm doing air quotes, free money, because they weren't formed right. And this is especially minority business owners, black business owners specifically, that could not get this money that the government funding that was out there. Anything else to add to those points that you you made that I just rehashed? I would say for sure, if you feel overwhelmed and you know many of us can feel that way because when you're in business, it's a lot. There's no blueprint on, all right, do X, Y, and Z and this is how you build a business. No, we all jump into entrepreneurship without a safety jacket. We just are jumping in without knowing what's next. So if you are feeling unsure, be sure to have people around you or on your team that can help guide you to where you want to go. Like, You don't have to go at it alone. Like entrepreneurship, they say it's supposed to be a lonely journey. Well, I try my best not to make it that for me. I surround myself with clients that inspire me, like Emlyn. I surround myself with, you know, individuals who are my friends that motivate me because 
you don't have to go out alone. Make sure you are building a strong team. And I always tell people to make sure that your A team is solidified. Your A team is going to be your accountant, right? That's A number one. Mm -hmm. Your advisor, that's mm -hmm. A number two. And mm -hmm. your attorney, mm -hmm. that's A number three. And then for most of us who get busy, your assistant, that's going to be A number four, okay? <laughs> Point blank, period. I'm telling you right now. If you're running a business and you don't have an accountant that you work with, you don't have a financial advisor that's helping you because we do two different things. And I know a lot of mm -hmm. times people think that, oh yeah, you're, I got an accountant. The accountant's not an advisor and an advisor's not an accountant. We do different things. Exactly. That attorney, you're going to need that attorney to get some of this stuff. Like if you have some stuff you're talking about, you might need an NDA. Mm -hmm. NDA is non-disclosure agreement. So if you're working on stuff, you don't want everybody out there just sharing all the information that you're going, that you have coming in. So very, very important to get that team working together. Travis Scott, I think they have that song called A-Team, right? So mm -hmm. we the A-Team. This is part of the A-Team. You got to get someone else as an attorney. But the reason why this is so critically important, and I just want to speak from my own experience, when I started Gen Next Wealth, we started Gen Next Wealth in 2017. And the first thing we did was incorporate. So we got a DBA, like you said, we started as a DBA because it was a sole proprietor. And then from the DBA, we turned into an S-Corp, which I was instructed to do an S-Corp Upon further research, I think I could have stayed as an LLC and then did the S-Corp election, but that's, you know, it is what it is. It's working now. And then after that, I hired Shanae like a year and a half after I started my business. And that should have been my first hire. I would have saved myself a lot of time <laughs> if I wouldn't have done that, if I would have done it sooner. So not only are we giving you the ideas that you need to try to run your business, but we're telling you this is what we've done so that you cannot make some of the mistakes that we made. Mm -hmm. Exactly. What are some of the other things that you're seeing with in the way of business owners that just things that happened last year? I think really talking about this because we have the second round of the PPP loan coming out. I don't know if you want to touch on that at all. Mm -hmm. You feel like, yeah, if you want to touch on that, that'd be great. For sure. So I don't think that individuals who got turned down from the first round should be deterred from reapplying for some of this funding. Again, it's quote unquote, and we're going to keep emphasizing that quote unquote, free money, right? Because the whole goal is when you are receiving capital, you want to make sure you are doubling up in NIP's voice, right? Or 10xing that amount of money. And that's going to be done through you having your stuff together. So currently right now, there's entrepreneurs that I'm helping get their books together from 1920 so that they can go ahead and apply for funding. Because they're like, oh, I applied and I got denied. Well, don't give up. You know, this is actually a test. If you really want to be a business owner, you're not going to get stirred away from reapplying. Your goal should be, well, how do I get to the point so I can get some of this money? I have a client I spoke to today, actually. She just opened a new storefront and she's bootstrapping. She's paying for contractors out of pocket. And I'm like, when did you open your business? She's like 2018. So I'm like, why don't you have an EIDL loan or a PPP loan? Like, what's going on? She's like, my books aren't together. I'm like, let's pause on the construction. Let's focus on getting your numbers together. Because now with you bootstrapping, you're using your own capital in hopes to make you more capital. Why not be able to leverage OPM, which stands for others people money, by getting a loan and then using that loan to fund your business ventures. So now we are making cash, you're paying yourself, but it's not from something that you have to take your own capital to initially investing. So you're being able to generate cash flow without using your own capital. 
that's so powerful. And this is tools that the wealthy individuals in this country use to help perpetuate the speed of how they're building wealth. So you want to begin to leverage OPM. How do you do that? Well, you have to leverage your B-O-O-K-S, your books, right? So get your books together, stay organized. That's for sure the goal. And if you didn't get funding in the first round, it's not too late. You can go ahead and readjust your statements, clean up everything, speak with a CPA or accountant that can help you organize your books, file your tax returns, and then go ahead and get that quote unquote free money. Okay, Chanel. Sounds good, right? Sounds good. It's sounds easy. good. Get organized. Sounds stay good. organized. Get organized. Stay organized. You know what I mean? Like that's what we do. However, what about for that person that's sitting there and saying, okay, Shania, Emlyn, that's great. That sounds good. I got a QuickBooks mess on my hands. I'm scared to even look at it or I haven't even bought QuickBooks yet and I know I need to. And every time I hear Emlyn say something or Shania say something, they're always making me feel guilty for not doing what I'm supposed to do because I'm not applying the knowledge mm-hmm. that they're dropping. So what would be the first thing for that person that's saying, okay, Shania, I hear you. I need to get my books in order. What would they do? What's the first step? So for sure, like before anything, before we take action, everything starts with thought, right? Which is a very important concept to master, especially as you are an entrepreneur. Everything starts with thought. So whether you think you can or you think you can't, you are right. And that's, I think, Mark Twain's quote. But essentially, you want to make sure that your mindset is in order. Because again, your goal as a CEO is to continue to execute, right? If you were a publicly traded company, you would have a board of directors and you know, shareholders that are depending on you to make effective executive decisions. So even though it's just you, you have to put on that cap and understand that you are a CEO and that it is your goal to execute and make sure that you are doing what's best for your business. So suck it up, you know, contact somebody to help you and get them together. And even if you don't want to go ahead and like buy a software like QuickBooks, there's nothing wrong with doing manual bookkeeping by having an Excel sheet to keep track of your income and expenses and having a draw to act as your balance sheet so you can make sure you are keeping track of your assets, liabilities, and your equity as well. So there's ways to do bookkeeping just by using an Excel sheet. Obviously, it's a lot more complex, but you do have that option. And why this is all important. So let me tell you, I won't give you numbers from what happened with our meeting. Shanae and I had a meeting, right? So we were looking at my numbers last year. I had paid myself a salary. And based on the numbers we had, there was some things that I wanted to do into my retirement account, right? And so to put the amount of money that I wanted to put into my retirement account, I needed to adjust what my W-2 income was so that I could put away a certain amount of money into my retirement account. But those numbers, the number that I made was had to be in correlation with the number that I was putting into my retirement account. If we didn't know and understand how much money we made, we wouldn't know how much money we could put away. And then we wouldn't be able to be able to cash flow all these things because these things that we're doing are taking cash flow out of the business. If I don't understand how my cash flow works, I can't plan. So this is why it is extra important for you to understand how much you are spending in your business. And then, you know, we went through how much money we spend on different line items. And when I went through the line items, I was able to see like, wait, we spend a lot of money in this in particular line item and we need to scale back in that area. And this is really when you become a business owner. Now I'm treating the business like its own separate entity. It has its own tax ID number. It has its own checking account. It has its own insurance. Yeah, The business is a separate person from me. That happened this year, even though we've been in business for three years. Now I feel like the business is running as its own separate entity. And that's largely in part because I was able to meet with someone on the A-team. The A-team is all about, it's all about your A-team. 
And again, it's just think about anything that you're building. It's going to take a team for you to get it to where you want to go. You don't raise a child completely by yourself. You know, we get help, whether it's from our spouses, from our mothers, our parents, our sisters, our brothers. You want to make sure that you're treating your business as such and nurturing it as you can. And again, it's super powerful when you can use your numbers to dictate how you should maneuver in the future. So you can go ahead and project out, well, based off of last year's metrics, I am expected to hit X amount of dollars this year because my growth rate was X amount. Again, going back to the whole data concept, your numbers are data for your business. As you know, with Instagram and Twitter, other algorithms, they use our data to make inferences about the future of society. Well, use your business's data, your financial data in particular, to figure out how to make decisions about the future of your business, which is so powerful. I, again, my background was in public accounting, so I worked for big four accounting firms. I audited Fortune 500 companies. I knew how important it was to have us in those rooms. So there's a CEO of the company, the CTO, the COO, but then there's always a CPA or CFO in that room who is really driving the conversation because we can't make decisions without having data, right? The way we make decisions right now as human beings because we have information in our head. Information, that's data. So you want to make sure you are on top of this when you're with your business because this is how you can expedite your growth. Absolutely. And so you have a few different programs you got that you develop for your clients, right? Yes. Now, talk to us about some of those programs. Talk to us a little bit about your services, how you work with people. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So again, I work with creative entrepreneurs. I offer three different tiers of services right now. And that was really designed to make sure that I'm meeting people where they are. So I can't be the people CPA and then not create programs to serve all of my people. And I know that entrepreneurs who are starting out may not have it in their budget to afford like a full-blown service by me. And that's great. I still want to be able to help you. So essentially, we were able to create three tiers of services to meet people where they are. The first tier is you taking control of your accounting in your own hand, but you do get ongoing support. So with that first tier service, we call it our creative package. Um, You are doing your own bookkeeping. We train you how to do it yourself and do it accurately. We're meeting with you once a quarter to make sure your numbers are correct, your accounts look right. And we are doing some basic level of tax planning with you. And if you are someone who needs a lot more handholding in your business and you want to delegate out more, we provide our founders package. In that package, we're doing your monthly bookkeeping for you. We are doing your reconciliations, handling your APAR, do our bookkeeping system. And with that package, we're meeting with you once a month to make sure that your numbers make a lot of sense, right? We want to make sure that you know what you're going into month over month. And this is essentially important for those who are planning to scale their business really quickly. Yes, paying for advertising and seeing a return on investment from that one metric is important. However, seeing how profitable your business is overall is even more important. So with those clients, we meet with them once a month to make sure that they are on track. Now, last package is more of like a virtual CFO package where we're doing everything for you. So giving you advisor advice. So connecting you with amazing financial advisors who can help you grow your business as well. Because as a CPA, and it's very important that Emlyn discussed this, financial planners and CPAs are not the same person. I cannot double serve my clients in that capacity. I can't be your accountant and doing your books and doing your taxes and give you investment and advisory advice. I cannot do that. And vice versa with financial advisors. 
So at that level, we work very closely with your financial advisor, or we recommend you to one, so that we can go ahead and enforce certain plans and strategies for you to continue scaling in business and building wealth while simultaneously saving you the most amount on taxes. Because that's the goal. You want to be able to, you know, net a million dollars and pay an effective tax rate of less than 20%. That's the real goal because most individuals in this country actually pay a tax rate between 40 and 60%, which is crazy, right? Mm -hmm. Imagine working. I mean, honestly, most people in this world are so accustomed to it that they don't think about it. You get promised a six-figure salary, but your take-home is around half that, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. When you are in business, you are in more control of your numbers because when you are an entrepreneur, we don't pay taxes from our top. We pay taxes from our bottom. So we have the whole year to spend as much money as we can in places that's going to continue to help us grow wealth in other avenues. And then whatever's left over, we're using that to pay taxes on. And that can be a very nominal number, right? People are like, well, how did Donald Trump pay $750 in taxes? Well, he probably had a good CPA, a team of CPAs, and a really good tax plan. And both of those things can for sure get you to your destination while, again, simultaneously allowing you to save the most in taxes. 100%. You have a program, though. That's what I was thinking about the program. I know you had that, and then you had like this program that you recently started. I think it was last year you started it. There's a name to the program, not the creative. The Tax Essentials Learning Program? Yeah, the TELP. Is that what it is? Yes, TELP for short. <laughs> okay. So yes. So aside from me being a CPA and running FOLA and actually doing taxes, I also teach taxes. And I think, you know, once you start teaching something or spitting out information that you know, that's what solidifies you as being an expert in your industry. Whether that's through a book, a podcast, from doing presentations, for you to be able to reiterate your thoughts and have an audience understand what you're saying, you can, you know, consider yourself being an expert at what you do. So I am so passionate in tax and the fact that tax is a $50 billion industry. As we all know, there's two things that's promised in life. That's death and taxes. I want to empower more people to take their financial lives back into their hands and learn a skill that can pay them a fortune if they continue to do it. So I started the Tax Essential Learning Program. Back in 2019, we had our first cohort. Thus far, we have served over 60 professionals and trained them, and now they're starting their own tax businesses. So I don't ever look at this country as being a competition. Like, you know, because they're like, well, why would you start a tax prep training program if you do tax prep yourself? Well, there's no way that I can serve 320 million Americans by myself, right? And I'd rather develop programs to put the power back into my community and empower people to train and learn a new skill that can help them make money. So instead of me taking 320 million Americans and having them as clients of FOLA, well, they can be clients for your aunt, your mother, your father. And now we're keeping our wealth in our community, right? H&R Block, Jackson Hewitt, they took too much out of our community for too long. So my goal with help is to put that power back into our people, give them a chance to learn basically recession-proof skill, and also put more money into their pockets, build a business, which is an asset, and contribute to the wealth of their well-being and wealth building. That's awesome. I see you talking about the TELP program and just what you're saying is so incredible and so needed. 
in our community, right? Because it's one thing, you know, you can give a man a fish or teach him how to fish or a woman mm-hmm. you know, for that matter. So I think you being out there teaching people how to fish is absolutely incredible. And I'm not shocked. I'm not surprised. So it's in line with who you are and what you do. As you know, this is the Minority Money Podcast, where we are changing the complexion of wealth. With that being said, we are celebrating Black history. And I want to know, this is the question, what does Black history mean to you? Black history, to me, means a lot more now than it has in a very long time. Through my life, and I'm, you know, I'm still young, I'm only 26 years young, and I've been able to experience different types of people in my life and work with different types of people through my business. But what's important is to always tap back into the different types of people that were here before we even got here, right? There is a reason why we are free to create now. We're free to build wealth. We are free to empower our people. It took so much for us to get here. And Black history to me is literally paying that homage forward, you know? So shout out to Martin Luther, Shout out to Malcolm X, shout out to Harriet Tubman, shout out to all of these amazing individuals that literally put us on their shoulders when they were taking these sacrifices and being put through so much brutality just for us to thrive how we are thriving today. So every day I remind myself why I'm doing what I'm doing. For a very long time, it was just to help my family, help my mother, help my immediate family. But now it's more so to help my people, right? We have to continue pushing our community forward. It's up to us to keep that going, right? They didn't go through slavery. They didn't, you know, hold their tongues. They didn't endure the pain that they endured for nothing. We have a duty to continue pushing our culture forward. So Black History Month, to me, is all about acknowledging and paying homage for those who came before us and knowing that the sacrifices that they made are what's allowing us to be able to create the things that we can create today. So we owe nothing but them, but for homage and love. And that's what it is to me. I love all things Black. I'm Blackly Black, Black, Black. I love the fact that most of my clients are Blackly Black, Black, Black. It makes me just feel empowered that I'm able to use my skill to not only make money for myself, but I literally get to build six, seven figure businesses every single day. And they are mostly black owned. Like it's just a beautiful thing. We're creating this whole little like electronic black Wall Street and it's beautiful. So I'm happy to just be paying my role in this whole grand scheme of things. Creating generational black wealth. That's what we're doing. Creating generational <laughs> black wealth. Love it. Absolutely love what you're doing, Shania. Thank you for coming back onto the show. Thank you for the continued work and thank you for taking care of me and my family. You take care of us <laughs> very, very well. It's been a pleasure. In closing, did you have any parting gifts, words of wisdom, anything like that? I mean, you've shared so much. So if you don't, (laughs) I totally understand. But if there's anything you wanted to share in closing, please. Of course. So again, if you are a business owner and you want to tap into these funding and you need to get some help, feel free to contact Bola Financial. We got you covered. And if you are looking to file your taxes, be sure to hashtag file with Bola Financial. So we are here to help. So Again, for all your accounting needs and questions, feel free to contact me. Find me on IG at The People's CPA. That's Peoples with an S. Also, I am on Twitter at The People's CPA. And you can contact the website by visiting folafinancial.com. Thank you so much, Emlyn, for having me. And I look forward to re-listening to this on my own time. <laughs> awesome. It's good. You don't like what you said. <laughs> I promise you. <laughs> promise you that. 
And as you all know, this is the Minority Money Podcast, where we are changing the complexion of wealth. Until next time, I'm your host, Emlyn Miles Mattingly. Another great showdown, but it doesn't have to stop there. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast app you're listening on now and give it a good rating, would you? If you feel really connected to the podcast, which I hope you do, find our Facebook community, Minority Money VIP, to support and be supported by others just like you. And again, we're glad to have you. While this podcast is meant to inspire and motivate you to live your best life, it can't be your complete one-stop shop. I know, I know, that really sucks. But I don't know anything about your specific situation. So please reach out to an attorney or CPA, or you can reach out to me, a financial planner, to help you with your specific situation. To get a hold of us, please reach us at fan at Minority Money Podcast. That's F-A-N at Minority Money Podcast, so we can get to know you there. Thanks for being here, and until next time, 